Good evening and welcome to A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. This is yours truly, Anthony Smith. And I have a guest coming up. Now, I'm going to tell you about this guest. His name is James McAllister. He has his own podcast. It's called From the Stash Podcast. Now, the thing about doing these podcasts now, we are in a community. It's on Facebook and we get to meet different people. Sometimes social media can be a good thing. So, uh, have a guy named James McCallister. As I say, he should be calling me here shortly. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he has to talk about because he talks about everything from music to sports. And to tell you the honest to God truth, we haven't even prepped nothing. I just met him today while I was at work. On my lunch break. On my first break, actually. So, he should be calling me here shortly. And I'm looking forward to meeting this young man, having him on my podcast. He's in the state of Ohio, so I know he knows a lot. He has a music page, as a matter of fact. And I'm... Just looking forward to seeing what he has to talk about. So we may talk about music. We may talk about sports. We may talk about a little bit of everything. So uh, be prepared for a good first, if not two segments. Uh, I can stretch this out as long as I want to. And you all will get to meet him just as I will get to officially meet him via my phone line, so uh, I'm looking forward to this young man. He, I've heard a little bit of his podcast, and he has a very unique way of even doing the uh, advertisement spot. So I think this would be a good treat. And I believe I have on the line with me who has his own podcast called From the Stash Podcast, Mr. James McAllister, who I had the opportunity to meet while I was at work. So what I'm going to do is, Mr. McAllister, I'm going to shut my mouth and I'm going to let you tell my listening audience just who you are and what it is you do and what you'd like to talk about. Okay. Well, I appreciate you having me. Thank you very much. Um, I... Uh, I got my hands in many things, but right now I'm doing the podcast thing. Prior to that, I was booking shows full-time, concerts, rap, um, every genre, metal, you name it, rock. Um, and then prior to that, I was in a band. Um, so I've kind of, I dropped out of high school, you know, tour the band, all that stuff. Well, now with this COVID stuff that went down, I always wanted to do a podcast. Um, long story short, I have spinal stenosis. I can't really walk that well and stuff like that. So it's hard for me to do physical type of things. So anyway, I was like, well, I'll try a podcast going pretty well so far. I enjoy it. Um, I get, sometimes I get tongue-tied. I, I've done some interviews with people that I looked up to growing up, like it's hard for fans and stuff. And I like, yes, lack of a better word, fangirls <laughs> over them. Uh, but, yeah, right now I'm just currently uh, doing... I want to do sports, and I was telling you earlier, I had a, a co-host 
do sports as well, and not just music, buddy kind of play. So to be honest with you, I'd rather talk sports with you than music because I talk music all the time. Well, hey, I would have no problem talking sports none whatsoever. But what kind of piqued my interest because when you said music as well, well, I don't know too much about the music scene in Ohio, but that that I do know, I know some pretty good acts that did come out of Ohio because, see, I'm 53 years old. So if any of your listeners know anything about it, if I say Ohio players, somebody be like, yeah, I know that group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thugs, <laughs> so then you kind of <laughs> if I was to say the late legendary Roger Troutman in the group Zap out of Dayton, Ohio, everybody would say, yeah, I know that group. More bouncing ounce, I can make you dance, computer love, and I want to be your man. So that, that does sound big. that does sound familiar. <laughs> yeah, I do know that, but that does sound familiar. What about Bone Thugs and Harmony? They're close to your age. Bone, Bone Thugs and Harmony, yeah, and they were more in the hip hop genre. Uh, but when you look back in the funk era, I mean, matter of fact, and we're gonna get to sports here, but. I just said, since you was in Ohio. That's okay. I'd yeah. like to know about it, yeah. Yeah, but, but since you're in Ohio and, you know, Dayton, Ohio, and, I mean, there was a lot of acts that came out of there, especially during the funk era. Uh, I mean, like I said, Ohio players, uh, Zap featuring Roger. He was the one that uh, basically perfected the use of the talk box that you hear people trying to do. Probably not as much. Some called the full court of his was the talk box with the two, and, I mean, he made that his baby. I mean, people want that sound. Even nowadays, if you listen to some, uh, I think it was Dr. Dre, California Love, you'll hear that sound. You'll hear that sound on there. Roger was like everybody's uncle. and wouldn't even charge people arm and a leg. They want to sample. they say, just give me about a couple of thousand dollars call today. So he was a very humble man. But yeah, it was a lot of good acts that came, like- out, came out of the Ohio area. And there's a guy right now going around there his name is Big Rob, and he's in that Ohio area. Got a lot of blues going into the hole in the wall shacks, as he called them. Sir Charles and the people like that doing blues and funk, whatnot. So th- that's my that's what I know about Ohio and the music scene. But you're talking sports. Yeah. I, and you're, sports, yeah, sports. You're from Kansas City. I'm in Wichita. Well, Kansas, right, I'm in Wichita, Kansas, home oh, of the yeah, Shockers, home of the Wichita State Shockers. You got that right. Uh, yeah, not yeah, and, and not too far from us up north, uh, a mythical bird, all they say, but somebody says it's actually a real bird. But them Jayhawks up there in Lawrence, Kansas, knows the Kansas Jayhawks, and then you, you got right, and then you got another team in Manhattan, they call it the Little Apple, Kansas State Wildcats. So, you know, I'm trying to think who was the um, uh, Fred Van Vliet, who else was on that, which is. Fred Van Vliet, Ron Baker. Ron Baker. Ron Baker. Yes. Ron Baker and Fred Van Vliet, man. Yeah. I love underdogs. Ben Dog is my favorite team in college basketball. So so you remember watching that game in the tournament when Wichita State knocked off the knocked off Gonzaga and route to the final four. Matter of fact, they knocked they knocked off some good teams. Matter of fact, I was listening to the Doug Gottlieb show yesterday on my way home from work. Yeah, it it was funny because, you know, Fred Van Vliet plays for the, for the Raptors now. Popped off right. a career-high 36 points yesterday. And Doug says one of the things he remembered was, you know, he got to watch the Wichita State Final Four team and they had just beaten Pittsburgh and moved to playing Gonzaga. And so he got to be on the court while it was warming up. And he said he was talking with Greg Marshall. 
And he said, you know, I really like that freshman out there. And Greg was like, which one, Ron? He said, no, I like Fred Van Vliet out there. And the response he got from Greg Marshall was, yeah, he, he's not the most athletic guy, but he got major balls. <laughs> he's like a Raymond Felton. He reminds me of like a Raymond Felton, that short, stocky, like, uh, build, like Raymond Felton, that Kyle Lawson, that kind of style. Yeah. And, I mean, tough as nails. He, like you said, he won't beat you with his athleticism, but his toughness, his mental his toughness, IQ. his yeah. basketball yeah. IQ. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of what he said last year after they won the title. And the, the reporters could – sometimes I think reporters ask the most asinine questions. Like, 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 well, do you think this will be Kawhi Leonard's final year? And Fred was like, hey, this is a business. He said, if he if this is it, we thank him for his service. He said, but if he goes to another team, we'll just have to whip his ass. <laughs> that was, nah, he's a nicer guy than me because I'd have been like, are you interviewing me or Kawhi? That's how I'd have said to him. Like, I was just much part of this as Kawhi was. That's how Kawhi would play 40 games all year, you know? Right. You don't get me wrong, Kawhi's a baller, but I, I mean, Pascal Siakam, uh, Fred Van Vliet. Uh, did they have Serge? No, they didn't have Serge. Where did Serge? Right. He, uh, he's with them right now as we speak. He's with. That's right. Okay, so right. they did have Serge. Right, Serge Ibaka. And who's the other guard? Is it Lowry, I believe it is? Yes, Kyle, Kyle Lowry was their starting point guard. Yeah, and yes. he was coming off the bench. Right. So that that team, I think if there's any team, since we're talking, Fred Van Vliet talking to the front, Toronto Raptors, and when I closed up my podcast last night, I think if there's one team that's not getting any love, it's the team that has the defending championship. Tag I agree on them. Everybody, like P. Pascal Siakam, he's, he's, I mean, he's not as good as Giannis, but I like to compare him. You know, that athleticism, long arms, long legs. He can shoot better than uh, Giannis. I, I feel like here in about two or three years, they'll be talking about Pascal like they are Giannis. Exactly. And I think another thing is if you're looking at any of these NBA games right now, right now, where's Chris Middleton at? I know. Did he get hurt? Or is he he's, not playing? He, he's playing, but he missed all not because it seems like he's pulled a he's pulled the equivalent of an Anthony Davis fourth quarter disappearing act. Oh, God, yeah. God. LeBron sometimes, too. Well, it's funny, man. There, a lot of these guys, dude, and I hate to say this about them, but, like, they made their money. You know what I mean? And, like, if there's no crowd to perform for, like, they don't care. You know, that's why I do respect LeBron, man. I mean, he's 20 minutes away, you know, with, you know born and raised 20 minutes away from me. But, he, I, I don't like his on-court play. I, I think he's, you know, has one of the best court vision, one of the best passers of all time. But, um, because I'm a Jordan fan, I grew up in I was a Jordan fan. Well, anyways, yes. LeBron sometimes just goes missing in the fourth quarter. But I'll tell you what, this this like you know bubble thing, man. He's taking it super serious, man. It props to him, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of people look up to him. So because you can tell some of the people out there just dogging it, you know, like, oh, exactly. I see my paycheck, you know, like look at uh, Lou Williams, you know. Uh, Going to a head circle or whatever with the wings. Uh, what did Shannon? Because I watched Skip and Shannon. What did Shannon call him? Uh, oh, spicy. Because uh, he has wings there. Lemon pepper. <laughs> lemon pepper Lou. Lemon pepper Lou. That's what he Exactly. Called. Lemon pepper Lou. <laughs> like, come on, bro. You're the you're you're arguably, in my opinion, top twenty player in the NBA. I hate how you get six man because he plays more minutes than the starters, but he's a huge part part of that team. Like, they're not going to be able to beat the Lakers without uh, without him. So hopefully, back in time. Uh, you know, make it more competitive. Exactly. So, 
as I was closing up my podcast last night because I was up against time, had to get to bed, had to get to work this morning. And you know, us podcasters, sometimes we just don't have no set hours and no structure. We just, yeah, whatever, com- whatever comes to our mind is when we're going to do a podcast. But I closed out saying this. The team that's, to me, that's getting no love is the Toronto Raptors. Everybody already has Milwaukee versus either one of the L.A. teams. And right, and Boston think, didn't even come out of there. And I think the road to the finals, at least coming out of the East, until someone dethrones them, I think it goes through Toronto. And I agree. With with what with what has transpired, and we knew that Kawhi was only there as a basically a mercenary to help bring them a title. He was on to his next spot on his way to his home state. They still they have the, the they got the chip on their shoulder. And basically like the old grizzled railback battery man back forty something years ago. They got a chip on their shoulder, and they're daring to knock it off. And I don't see too many teams knocking it off. Philadelphia, as good as Embiid and Ben Simmons can be, they have a lot of deficiencies. Milwaukee, yeah. Milwaukee's going to need some. Man. Milwaukee's going to need some help around Giannis because, as much as Milton is talented as he is, he's pulling a disappearing act. So, you need more than that two-headed monster. You actually need a Bledsoe out too. Bledsoe, I haven't heard much from him either. I'm glad you mentioned well, that. Toronto did the Giannis, uh, you know, they're up 2-9. Bucks are up 2-9. They meant four, you know. They, uh, Toronto and Porsche, you just put a bunch of people in the box and or, uh, got low in the paint and you shut Giannis down. I mean, they did, you know. Mark Gasol and Pascal and those guys, they shut Giannis down. <clears throat> I love I love Giannis. Uh, I love that. Bonifus, Giannis, and Costas, uh, the Greek gods. I, I, like, I love Giannis. He's probably my favorite player, right? Well, Russell Westbrook is, but Giannis is probably my second but they shot him down, man, last year, and they got that formula. They could do it again. Exactly. They, they got you know they got that winning uh, pedigree now, man. They know what it takes to uh, get, a, get a ship. Exactly. So, you mentioned Boston. Yes. So, what's your hey. take? What's your take on Boston? Now, I'm gonna tell you, as a as a child growing up, and even doing the Larry Bird era, for some reason, I just didn't like Boston. So yeah, I'm I, not a fan. I, I could not stand. Matter of fact, I really couldn't stand the Lakers either. And I'm going to tell you why I couldn't stand the Lakers. Because I was a Seattle Supersonic, a.k.a. now Oklahoma okay. City fan. So I go back Same. I go back way back to the days. Jack Sigma, Gus Johnson, Gus Johnson, downtown Freddie Brown, uh, Dennis Johnson. Okay. Dennis Johnson, who later went to the Celtics. Uh, but I couldn't stand the Lakers because he was always beating the Sonics. I right. couldn't stand it. Then, years later, in the draft, and I always say it to this day, if you keep up with drafting when players came out, there was a guy named Xavier McDaniel. Yeah. Came out of Wichita State University, and he has a record in the book until someone else comes along and beats it. It still stands. He was the first player ever in NCAA history to lead the nation in both scoring and rebounding in the same year. Well, him and Pat, really? he, yep. Well, him and Patrick Ewing came out in the same draft class. Patrick, okay, so early eighties, I think that was. Yeah, right? like eighty two, eighty three, like eighty, right? about eighty four, eighty five, around that time. So anyway, it got drafted, same draft class. Ewing went to the New York Knicks. Right. Xavier went to the Seattle Supersonics. 
if you pull up their statistics, you'll see their statistics were neck and neck, if not better for Xavier McDaniel. Now, Patrick Ewing gets injured. Xavier plays the whole season. Guess who gets Rookie of the Year award? Patrick Ewing. That Patrick New York Ewing. Market, that New York yeah. market and the yeah, fact New York, and the fact that he came from, I believe, Georgetown. And I think that's what when he came from Georgetown, you got the big market in New York, whereas Xavier was stuck out there on the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I mean, Don Thompson, the man's their coach, Don Thompson Sr. at the time. I do believe. Sure. I think his son coaches him now. I'm a huge fan of them now because of Matt McClung. Have you ever heard that name? I've He's their like yeah, he's like their starting point guard, shooting guard. He was a freshman this past year. I think I've heard that name before. He's like the first not to bring color into it because I care less. But <laughs> Georgetown's a predominantly African American school. Right. He is like the first recruit to get a full rise um, that wasn't foreign. And I think I forget what they said. Well, now Patrick Ewing's our coach. That's right, Patrick Ewing's our coach. Patrick Ewing's um, the coach now, right? Yeah, yeah, and. Um, this guy's like, they say he's 6'3", man, he's 5'11", 6'0". Look up a video after after we're done. Matt McClung uh, highlight reel. This dude, you won't believe it, not Baron Saint. It, it, it's like, um, trying to think of an example. It's like Zach Lavina, but he's way smaller, you know? Okay. I forget where he's from, but he's really, really, uh, really, really good. He took his high school there first in championship. Uh, that's what I was reading for this past year. I watched more because I, March Madness is like my favorite thing ever. And I'm not going to lie to you, man. I shed a tear when it was getting shut down. I had all the games recorded, like three games. Like, I talked about the prep. I, I think when that happened, when March Madness got shut down, I think it opened up a floodgate. And around here in Wich- at Wichita State, we got hit really, really big with this thing called Transfer Portal. I don't know what happened. Yeah. I don't know what happened there at Ohio State, but we got hit hard with at least six, seven players doing the transfer portal. And I mean, these aren't just players that just like these were players that actually started. We had uh, Eric that Gonzaga does that a lot now. We had, we had uh, Eric Stevenson. He went back to Washington. He's going to be a Husky. We had Jamarius Burton who left us, went to I believe Texas A and M or Texas. No, went to Texas Tech. How would you want to do that? Like, you know, you're going to the tournament in Wichita. You know it, and that's what you want to do as an athlete in basketball. To, you know, like Dayton this year, um, they were like the number two ranked team in the nation, and that Obi Toppin will be a top three pick this year. Now, had they went to the tournament, he might be number one pick. You know, mm-hmm. like it's a shame. A lot. Look at Steph Curry. Steph Curry may have never been drafted if it weren't for the tournament. He'd be Ex- exactly. But yeah, the transfer portal floodgate opened up big time. Now the thing about Marshall, did they lose he, their coach? No, they they kept Marshall. Marshall wasn't going nowhere. As a matter of fact, he kept some key players. As a matter of fact, one of our key players, Dexter Dennis, wanted to test the NBA waters. Well, just recently as last week, he had pulled his name. So we're look. I'm looking at them winning another twenty plus win season, and in saying oh, yeah. and in saying that. Over the last 11 seasons, you're going to be shocked to know this, but then again, you might not because you probably keep up with college basketball. Over the past 11 seasons, there are four teams that have had 20-plus win seasons. Gonzaga, Wichita, uh, um, Duke, Uh and Kansas? Exactly. Man, you nailed it. Yeah. You nailed it. 
So we're in company that, that not even North Carolina's in and not even right. and Kentucky's not in because Kentucky messed that up right after they won their championship. They had the number one and two pick players in the draft and the following season they couldn't even win a home game in the NIT. Yeah, that's a lot of these young guns, though, man. That's why Wichita does so well because they had their players stay two, three, four years. And when you have a senior-laden team and people that stay together, that's going to be better than, you know, okay, a Zion Williamson or whatever. We saw that one. You know, so it's going to be better when you have a camaraderie and a team, you know, uh, together, togetherness. I mean, it's just like uh, the Lakers when they had Steve Nash and uh, Dwight Howard and Kobe and all that. They didn't even make playoffs a year, I don't think. You know? Mm -hmm. So just because you have talent doesn't mean you're going to get anywhere. So, tell, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what I'm going to do right here. What I'm going to do is, I'm going to pause right here, take a break okay. Take a break right here. That way I can slide yeah. in a word from my sponsor. And we, we know how this is going to work. So, just bear with me, and I'll be right back there with you. We're coming up on, no problem, tw- coming up on 21 minutes. So, we're going to take a break, and we'll hear a word from my sponsor. And I'll be right back after this. Okay, I'm back. This is A-Train, known as Anthony Smith on my podcast, and I have all the way in the Buckeye State or the Cavalier State or whatever team he wants to so maybe the Cleveland Indian State. Anyway, anyway, we have From the Stash podcast. Support him, listen to his podcast. Support him on a monthly basis. I'm going to tell you how you can do it. Get the Anchor app. And you can go to his feed and you can support him either $0.99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. His name is James McAllister, once again from the Stash Podcast. James, welcome back in. Hey, thanks, thanks, for, uh, thanks again for having me. Thanks for that shout-out. That was awesome, man. I appreciate that. Hey, we're in this thing together, so we got to support each other. Do uh, you know what I actually started doing? I know a lot of like local businesses and stuff. I started reaching out to them, and if you listen, you, you'll hear a couple ads from them, and they give me X amount of dollars a month for me to do an ad read for them. Okay, that's an idea for you. You know, like hit up you know some local sporting goods shops or whatever you want to do. Uh, that, that's what I'm going to do because I mean the ad revenue they give you. I mean it's next to nothing. I don't know if you've gotten any more ads, but I haven't been offered any more ads. So. All right. See that's, see, that's the good thing about this community because now we're we're pretty much networking with each other. We get to meet each other. And right. You get much further working together than, than against each other, man. Exactly. Exactly. There's no reason we can't all eat, you know? Exactly. So tell me something. You're in the state of Ohio, and we know that right now we're in a – we're in pandemic mode. Just when things starts to open up a little bit, Look like things might be, I want to be pessimistic, but at the same time, I want to be optimistic as well, too. So just when things are getting ready to open up pessimistically, things like they're getting ready to shut down because outbreaks of the coronavirus. Life as we know it has altered. But I think in order for us to move forward, and I'm going to let you come in after this, I think we need to look back to 1918. Because that's when this country was faced with not only a pandemic, but also World War One, which means pro teams. And keep in mind, the NFL killed 1920. 
the pro right. teams, pro teams that were playing, they had to deal with one either somebody getting sick or the constant revolving door of people in and out that was being enlisted into the war. So, what is it you think we can learn from that time era versus today, especially with all the technology that we have? Well, you you know, it's funny to ask that because you you would think we would have learned a lot from that. Um, I don't even know where to start with that, honestly. You know, they always say history repeats itself, and boy, if that is not true right now, then you know, with, especially with the whole um, the Black Lives Matter movement, which I'm totally behind. Uh, but it's just it, it's just ever going cycle, and it's like it just it. And, and I feel like, and call me conspiracy theorist, it's because the, the people in charge just don't, for lack of a better word, give a damn, man. Like, mm-hmm. their pockets are lined. They don't care about me, dude. You know, like, what am I to them? You know, I'm nothing more than a number to them, literally. Um, so, like, I feel like as long as the rich remain in power, the people that are well-off, stuff like that, I don't know that we'll ever see a change, ever. I, I think that it, we need to get... Are you familiar with Andrew Yang? No, I'm not. But, no, I'm not familiar. But go ahead, fill us in because this is going to be an informative moment right now, and I want to hear this. Okay. He was running, and basically, he's running as an independent. Okay, but basically, what he wanted to do was he, he kind of didn't want to pick a side, so he had to pick Democratic. So he ended up having to run on Democratic, um, and of course, sloppy Joe Biden, you know, beat him out. But he, um, <laughs> he's just he's younger, man. He, we we need somebody a little bit younger, not somebody in their freaking seventies. You know, we need we need somebody that's a little bit more in touch with. I'm almost 33. Okay, I'm going to be coming the new like, you know, working class per se. You know, like as you guys start to retire, things like that. You know, we're the new uh, owners of businesses, CEOs, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yang's, I think, in his early 40s. Well, basically, he wanted to make it to where every United States citizen got X amount of dollars a month, as long as they had a job or whatever, or if they were stay at home mom or whatever. That way, it would cut out homelessness. He had an issue on drugs, like, um, more or less to legalize them all, basically. Um, you know, you can't sell them, things like that, but that way we get rid of the criminalization of it. And jails and stuff aren't filled up, and then that's less tax dollars. People have to pay on, you know, housing these prisoners. My brother it spent seven years of his life in prison. I, like, I know how much that costs. For, I think it's like 10-plus grand per prisoner, you know, per uh, year. And that's insane, you know? And that, that goes your state taxes. And, you know, if they're in a federal jail, that's federal taxes. That's what that pays for. And a lot of it's, you know, selling some butt, man, selling some pot, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, anyways, Yang kind of got, you know, shift shafted out because he's speaking real, man. You know, he's not a rich guy. He's, uh, um, I think he's of Asian descent, but he's born here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, he just got, like, even if uh, when they were doing the, um, what are those called, like, when he's, uh, the, like, it's on TV, the debate. They would only give him like five, ten, fifteen, twenty seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, like just, just, just to be up there, I guess. And that's what we need. We need a different train of thought. We need to get rid of the same. Just you know, times change. You know, so things have to change. You know, it's exactly. like reduce the Constitution. Well, the Constitution needs to change. You know, and and I, I just I hate that old school type of mentality. They're like, well, but it ain't broke. Then don't fix it. What it is broke though. You know, and I don't know if it's laziness or just whatever, but we need we need somebody that isn't a you know rich person that has having worry in their life has been born into money and could care less about anything. You know, somebody that's actually struggled. 
Right. I mean, and and you hear the saying, the struggle is real. And, you know, as, as much as we want to see. I haven't had income in six months. Wow. Well, see, yeah, I was booking shows full time and the book's done. Wow. And see, I've been fortunate enough to work, although here lately it's been reduced hours, part of a work share program. But, I mean, these times are de- these times are definitely different, and it is also shaping the sports landscape. And like you said, we're seeing a lot of things that we never thought we'd see, you know, shifting around. Look at the Pac-12. Now, there's going to be a lot of people saying, well, now all of a sudden these kids are speaking up. But, you know, I'm 53 years old. I grew up with a luxury that not too many people grew up with. I had both parents in the home. My parents were married 50 years, and they transitioned to the other side. But during my time growing up, you know, there were rules. A child stayed in a child's place, okay? Right. Uh, it was always yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And I hear you that's how I was the, raised, too. Yeah. The, and there, there were not any laws until after I got older to which I say it took the power out of the parents' hands and into the government's hand. And now I think we're seeing this now rising up in the Pac-12 because the saying used to be children should be seen and not heard. But I think because of some of the laws that have been made that have given children more power, so to speak, and have stripped the parents, now we're starting to see this on a broader landscape and people are wondering, well, how is it that these college students are all of a sudden speaking up and now their voice is being heard? And, you know, you're also looking at the fact that not only a pandemic, we had the George Floyd fiasco that took place and now everybody who has a voice or a platform, they're getting ready to start voicing it. So now we're seeing things shift. And like you said, maybe someone younger in office would be the answer because whether it be the president of the United States and their age or even these NFL owners and their age. Right. There is, de- there is definitely a gap that needs to be bridged. <laughs> no, you're right. For lack of a better term, I mean, most of these uh, sports teams owners are old racist white guys. I mean, it's just a fact. Look at old boy from the Clippers. Look at old boy from the Redskins, you know. I mean, it's just a fact. They're, they're billionaires born into money. That's why I love the Buffalo Bills. They're my favorite football team. They're owned by the Pegulos. And um, his wife is actually, I don't know if she's Filipino or what she is, but they also own the Buffalo Sabres. So mm-hmm. they were up for sale, and Bon Jovi almost bought them and took them to Toronto. Thank God he didn't. Um, but it, it's, it's starting to change. That's starting to change, too, because you see more people like, you know, you, you best believe LeBron's going to own a team when he, you know, retires. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not the Lakers. But so that's starting to change, and like um, I, one of my two of my business partners are African American black guys, mm-hmm. and I I've been doing this thing on my Ohio music scene page, uh, where uh, hashtag Black Lives Matter. I do an artist of the week. Well, for the foreseeable future, and ever since that happened, I've been doing only black artists, mm-hmm. and I've lost some friends on Facebook, or whatever. They aren't friends, obviously, but that's my platform because that's where I uh, reach the most people is through that, you know, through music and stuff. So as long as mm-hmm. As long as I can offer that to them, you know, because I've never seen 
man, it, it, you know, the difference between now and the 60s with Martin Luther King is us, like my age, white folks, we're with you guys. Like, we, we are with you guys. Now, back then, it was much different. You know, even my mom, 63 years old, finally, about two weeks ago, goes, James, I didn't know what, you know, Black Lives Matter. I never got it. I did. I, you know, I just thought it was some bullshit. It's like, I see. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, and for 63 years old, you know what I mean? So I think it's changing for the better. Now, will the government, will the authorities allow it to? I don't know, you know. But, I, like, just know that my generation has got, you, got your guys back 100%. Well, most of us. I can't say all of us, but most of us. Because there's still, and, and, and like I, you know, told my fiance, my little girl's almost two and a half months old, you know, I was like, um, I was like, my daughter won't be raised on racism. She'll learn about it, but she won't be raised. See, my mom wasn't racist necessarily. My stepdad was, though. So, in the end, word he'd say, you know, just freely and stuff like that. And I didn't think anything of it. You know what I mean? It was nothing. You know, I was like, okay, this is normal. We'll come to find out as I got older into my teens, this isn't normal. You know, like, this is highly offensive. Mm-hmm. And my daughter will know that growing up. Like, this is how it is. You know, don't... Uh, Formulate your own opinion. Don't allow other people's opinions or what they say to formulate how you think. Formulate how, like, your interaction with certain people, color, race, whatever, religion, doesn't matter. I That's how I determine my, you know, presumption of somebody, my interaction with somebody. Exactly. But I wanted to get that out there just, just because, like, sometimes I, I feel like it's kind of like, you know, I know it's not about me because it's not, um, but I just want it to be known that, you know, that, that I'm all for it, like, 100%. Appreciate you. Appreciate your support. And uh, once again, y'all, listening, those listening to this podcast, I have, I'm going to call him my friend now. My friend and my brother from several states over, James McAllister. And if you want to listen to him, tune into his From the Stash podcast. Uh, and I look forward to returning favor being on your podcast because I don't know what's going to come out of this pie hole of mine. See, there I go using words pie hole. See, that lets you that lets you know at some point or another. I used to look at a certain TV show on Monday nights that come on about seven central, eight eastern. <laughs> I'm telling off on myself. Yes, I used I used to watch the WWE every now and then. <laughs> oh, me too. I grew up on wrestling, man. Like wrestling. One of my side projects is named Hulk Hogan. It's short for Hulk Hogan because that's how Ultimate Warrior said he'd be like Hulk Hogan. So I need <laughs> a, a side project that I can't watch this stuff nowadays. But <laughs> uh, yeah, shut your pie hole. Uh, right, Dusty Rhodes is that here? To, is that who you? Uh, we're talking about the Straight Edge Superstar. Oh, the, CM Punk. CM Punk, because <laughs> he was yeah, all, sure. his pie hole was always open. And he always dropped a, a pipe bomb. <laughs> he was he was a hell of a, the voice uh, of the, great the, on the mic. right. He was the voice of the voices. I, w- I would have loved to have seen him and the Rock and Mitchell throwing John Cena all three in the ring trading verbal jabs at each other. That right and Stone Cold, throw Stone Cold, oh, throw Stone Cold. Yeah, because all Stone Cold he had to do. Moderator. All he had to do is do one thing. What drink? What? What? Throw me another beer. Uh, what? Yeah, they don't. Well, they what? don't let them do their own promos anymore. Now AEW does. AEW isn't scripted. It's just off the top of their head. You know, WWE's all written now because it's PG. You know, so it's all written for and stuff. Yeah. 
Everything is so scripted, so politically got to be politically correct because you don't want to offend this group or offend that group. But man, I, I, I want to ask your opinion before we do get done. Okay, not to interrupt you. Okay, now I think that sports entertainment it's definitely fixed to an extent, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Come on, when uh, when Russell Wilson threw that pass on the one yard line, he has the best running back arguably in NFL history. He doesn't hand it to him. He throws, you know. Well, anyways, okay, the Super Bowl is in Tampa Bay this year. Uh-huh. Tampa, uh, Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay, of all teams, Tampa Bay. Uh-huh. Uh, when he could go to L.A., you know, um, and several other teams. And then Cam Newton, out of nowhere, goes to New England. I think it's going to be New England versus Tampa Bay. I think New England's going to win. And then I think next year it's going to be New England versus Tampa Bay again, and Tampa Bay's going to win, and Tom Brady's going to ride out. What do you think about that? Wow. You know... Because I listen, I, I, you know, in a perfect world, I could actually see that happening. However, there's one thing that's going against New England. They just had a group of players opt out for the season. Yeah, Dante Hyde. Now, him. Yeah, I know. Now, I know, now I know Belichick now. Belichick has a way of finding the right pieces to yeah, the puzzle. <laughs> I mean, out, outside, of, outside of Randy Moss, and Wes Walker, and probably Garrett Blunt. Troy Brown was okay. The the day. the Patriots really haven't thrived off of superstar caliber athletes outside of Tom Brady. It seemed like he's it not even a superstar athlete. He's right. a hell of a quarterback. See, it seemed like for some reason they made it their duty to make sure that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady was the face of that franchise. Bring in Randy Moss for a little bit, and then all time, Randy Moss. And then you you ship him out after about two years, but they're not going to have this superstar late team. They're going to have a bunch of role players, right? So with a quarterback that uh, has got a lot to prove, it it would be very interesting to see how Josh McDaniel, because he's still the OC, it's going to be interesting right, right. to see how he meshes with one Cam Newton and how does he game plan around Cam Newton's skill set because if you notice there is one OC who has not been whose door has not been knocked on so to speak for a head coaching job and he's right now is with the Baltimore Ravens and that would be Roman Smith I do believe he was the one that was instrumental in the evolution of Colin Kaepernick he's the one that's instrumental in the evolution okay. of Lamar Jackson I think the longevity of that is he, why I didn't because you the know. right, because the simple fact, Roman Smith knows how to game plan and play through the. You know, most times you bring in a quarterback of those calibers, and the first thing you want to do is you want to probably change their position or make them something that they're not. Whereas Roman Smith, right. he has found a way to okay, let me get the right players around, let me play to his skill set, and then let's game plan. Because usually, what we game plan is going to be something that nobody sees throughout the season anyway. So. At best, it's, it's going to throw them off their game. And this is it's one of those situations where Baltimore, they can beat you this week. And if you're not careful, Baltimore will beat you next week because if you have to do a Sunday, then try and play a Thursday game, well, now you got the game plan for this. Now you got to turn around. And don't, lo and behold, if you got to play on the road, now you got to go from Baltimore to where you got to go to and got to change your game plan just that quick. So 
That's the right. situation where Baltimore can beat you twice and not and only play you one time. Well, hopefully Lamar, like he got shut down, he got exposed because people had tape on him. Now, hopefully his arm got better. I mean, he threw to three tight ends all year. I mean, literally, he didn't throw a pass pass, you know, like ten yards, except for to the one guy, I forget his name, that one receiver you sit there a bumps to. But like, ask him. I mean, you like you can't run like that in the NFL. He's going to get popped one time, and it's, he, I mean, he's not that big of a dude, you know. And hopefully his arm got better because look, I mean, Tennessee just exposed him. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. and, and now there's tape on him. That was the same with Colin Kaepernick, man. Once you get tape on those running type of quarterbacks, then you just either stack eight in the box or, put, you know, blitz an extra linebacker and you're good to go. Now, yeah. the thing with Lamar, though, he's an exceptional athlete, man. Right. Like, he's, he's like a Barry Sanders in quarterback form, you know? Yeah. The spin moves and the jumps and the leaps, but I don't know. I, I personally, like, I like Lamar, but I don't, I think he's overrated personally. Myself. Now, here's the thing I think I like about Lamar Jackson, though, because he, I think he has even said himself that he doesn't plan on being this type of quarterback throughout his career because he knows the, well, the danger, so to speak. Let's just use that word, the right. danger. And I think he says he wants to learn the passing game. So he wants to be more than just one dimensional. Well, he wants he led to the league in touchdown passes, right? Yeah, didn't he? Yeah, 36. Um, but again, they were all tight ends. I mean, they really were. Ninety percent of them were tight end. You know, goal line touchdowns, right. most of them. So it's th- fine. I mean, at least he's strong. So if he if he gets that passing game and gets that accuracy, then you're looking at Patrick basically Mahomes. another Patrick Mahomes type player. Of course, I don't think nobody. Well, I all I can say is I've seen Patrick Mahomes throw some passes that I didn't think were humanly possible. Yeah. I see. I see him throw in some tight windows that I just. I, I think the guy's a seamstress because he knows how yeah. to th- he knows how to thread a needle. <laughs> His dad was a professional pitcher, and he was drafted. I do believe also. I mean, it's kind of like Kyler Murray. The only thing Kyler Murray though is his size. He's going he's to end up getting busted one of these times. But like Patrick Mahomes. Call me crazy, top five best quarterback of all time already. I don't care. Are you anybody about it? I'll, I'll right. argue his intangibles yeah. and who throws behind the back and like like that. And then look at those comebacks every game because the yeah. defense is terrible. Look at all those comebacks. Exactly. And San Francisco, the best defense in the NFL. Like, which is why, which is why, come I'm on Marcus Spears' side. Last week they rated the top 100 players going into the 2020 season. I saw that. Yeah. And I, ju- one, I, ju- I jumped on that, and Lamar Jackson was number one. Lamar, okay, yeah, nah. Patrick, so Lamar isn't even top ten. I'm sorry. He's Patrick not, Mahomes like, was number four. He was behind. That's right. He was behind, he's Russell, behind Russell Wilson, Wilson. Russell yeah. Wilson, and Joey Bosa. Come on, man. Yeah, I'm doing. The, I'm doing the ESPN second now. Christian McCaffrey was come six. on, come on, man. But you know what? All they're doing is. You're taking the youngest quarterback to win Super Bowl MVP. Although for some, if you go to the Kansas City market, they say that's debatable. They think Damian Williams should have got it. But I tell you what, Patrick showed up in that game when he had to. So maybe, you right. know, for Kansas City fans that might hear this podcast, we'll say like this. Maybe they should have had co-MVPs. But, you know, Patrick, Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes is taking note. This is the second year in a row they put him fourth. The last thing you want to do is – Fuel somebody's fire because yes, he got the big contract, but guess what? You put him fourth on this list for the second year in a row, 
and he just won a yeah. Super Bowl and MVP, trust me. Yeah. Trust yeah, me. He's a competitor. By that. I hope they don't play Baltimore this year. If they do, he's going to put 70 up on them. And the thing is, he doesn't have good people. Like, he's got good receivers. He has Tyreek Hill, and that's it. Oh, man. Like, he has Travis Kelsey, too. But McCool Hardman, who the hell is that? Sammy Watkins? Come on. He plays two games a year. Buff Bills at him. You know, so, like, he makes those receivers the receivers. Like, how Brady made, you know, Welker and Edelman and Amendola. And, you know, uh, Patrick makes those guys good. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of track stars and stuff, but they're not wide receivers. Now, Tyreek Hill, he definitely is. Oh, man. He, now, he wants any other team. He wouldn't have done anything, you know? Patrick Mahomes is just, he's such a delight to watch, man. Yes, he is. And I mean, me, I'm a Cowboys fan. And if the Chiefs are on, I want to see what Patrick is going to do because he's going to do something that, like I say, I don't think it's humanly possible to do. Like, how did he, I mean, some of the throws he made, and I'm like, the, wait a minute, the arm is not supposed to go that far across the body. How did he seven yards down while you're running on the other oh. side of the field. Throwing the ball like a frisbee, and still has a tight spiral on it. I'm like, and it finds his mark. And then if he, oh, don't let him get get it to don't let him get it to Tyreek Hill. Now you know you got fast, and then you got quick, and you got jet speed. Tyreek is jet speed. <laughs> yep, he, he sure is, man. He's like Moss, but like four inches shorter. See, Moss had those long legs, but man, Moss after about ten strides, he already had that receiver beat. Like, he was already gone. Right. See, know, and Rice, too. Jerry Rice is the same way, too. See, I didn't think Moss was all that fast, but Moss was a gazelle. He had them long right, his strides. Stride. Yeah, his stride, man. Like, if he could have played pro basketball, um, and I'm glad he didn't, but he, uh, Moss, man, I, I miss Moss. I loved watching him. Uh, man, he I, was just, I have a baseball jersey, a Minnesota Vikings baseball jersey, with, uh, and it's, his name is, like, I love him. Yeah, Moss was a one-of-a-kind special athlete. Chad Pennington and Emmett Marshall, man. That was such a special college team. They should have – that's why the playoff – they should have, like, a, at least an 18 playoff because that team probably would have won it all that year with uh, Chad Pennington and yeah. uh, Randy Moss. I forget who else they had that year. Yeah, the, the, those Marshall teams were, were a sight to see. Well, they really were. Well, I tell you what, I am glad that you joined me on this podcast, and we're going to do this yeah. again. Matter of fact, I'm, yeah, I, I, look, I look forward to joining you on yours and getting some airplay as well, too. So, absolutely. Uh, and hopefully, we can get this community to grow because you know we will be a break from the norm because we know that people listen to like I guess I could say listen to like the odd couples and listen to the Dan Patrick's. But you know, right, right. What what made me start this? And I guess I can talk about this on your show. But what made me start this was the fact that. The name A-Train was born out of a local radio station that I called into, and someone called me A-Train. Well, at the same station, I'm also a board op. And we are we, we have a triple we have a triple A team here, and I was supposed to be working because I was gonna be manning the boards. We are affiliated with the Miami Marlins. Our team is called Wichita Windsurge, got a brand new Spanking Stadium, will not be touched. Can you say MC Hammer? Can't touch this. So we have a, so we had a guy who would let me come in on his evening shows and actually sit down in studio with him and run my mouth. So I'm like, you know what? I may as well start me a podcast. So that's what got me started. And I've even had him on my show. So that's how the name A-Train came out because someone called me the A-Train. I said, you know what? I'm going to stick with that and make that mine. But you Mind know, the Chicago running back, Anthony Thomas. 
what I think of when you say that. Okay. Now, back in the day. They call it mainframe. All righty. But yeah, I appreciate you joining me on mine because you just makes it sound having someone on makes it sound that much more better. So I appreciate you taking out the time, and we'll hook up on yours and hash it out as well yeah, too. Man. So just let me yeah. know, and I'll be glad to come on. But ladies, time, and, man. but ladies and gentlemen, James McAllister, check out his show from the Stash Podcast. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other. God bless.